Hey, it's Erin Anderson from Live Big Co. And you're listening to the Power to Be podcast. This week, I get to coach someone as they navigate an area of their life that's stuck toward an insight that will give them personal power. My hope is that you'll listen for an insight for yourself along the way. Let's find out what this week's guest has the power to be. Hey, Alex. Thanks so much for joining me. Hey, how's it going? It's going good. I'm just really grateful that you uh, you are willing to jump into this and and uh, have a conversation with me, even though we've never met. And I I really know little to nothing about you, and you're willing to jump into uh, into the unknown with me and have a have a dis- have a, a a go at discovery and an insight. So thank you so much for for being willing to do this. No worries. I appreciate it and uh, looking forward to it. Super excited. Yeah. Well, tell me, tell me about that. Like what, what is it that, that, what, what comes up for you when you think that you're excited about something? Like, what do you, what do you think? So I've always been intrigued uh, around life coaching and just exploring more, um, but never really taken that further. Um, So yeah, just kind of looking to dive in before I, I've always been hesitant around trying something like this, around trying new sports or any anything adventurous. We'll always jump in and go ahead first. But something like this around like personal development, I've always mm. held back a little bit. So. Mm. Do you have a sense why? Uh, the fear of failure. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where and where does that show up for you mostly? This fear of failure. What does it look like? Like how would how would how do you know? Um, well, it definitely shows up in, in my work, uh, my work life, but, um, I believe it stems from my competitiveness as a kid growing up. I hate losing. It's something that is, is really deep inside, even with biking with my friends. If someone is able to do a trail and I can't do it, or I feel I'm not confident enough or I fall off, uh, I, there's like a, a deeper sensation within me where I'm like, ah, I can't believe they can do it. And I can't. Um, mm. yeah, there's a, there's an idea or a concept around failure that, that will, will sound innate. Um, but where it failed different than I failed. So, you know, I fell off my bike versus I'm a terrible rider. So there's a, there's an identification to the, to the failure that, that's, that can happen. So d- does that sound familiar to you? Like, do you, do you fully identify with the failure as though it is you? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I see it as my inability to be able to do it. You, yeah. So you would, yeah, you would say I'm a failure, not it's a failure. Correct. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And so tell me, uh, it comes up in your work sometimes. Work, personal life. Right. Okay. So, so, um, backing up just a moment, I would love to hear. So one of the ways that I, that I talk to people, so this, this theme of failure, by the way, we're, we're going with it. We're riding this one all the way into the corral, (laughs) by the way. So buckle up. And I'd love a little bit of, uh, context and, um, maybe some, uh, background about, uh, um, from you in a, in a question that probably most people don't ask typically, but really the question is, is this where, where in your life are you experiencing a pinch or, um, stuckness or maybe even a repetitive pattern that isn't working for you right now? And if you could identify where that's happening, what would it be? Um, I guess at the moment I'm, 
I feel like I'm nearing a crossroads in my life of mm. whether I want to continue the career path I'm on or I take a drastic change and shift into something that is more passionate. There's always the the saying that people have said to me, as soon as you turn a hobby or a passion into work, it becomes less of a hobby. And I guess I've always been scared of trying a new career path or trying something I love dearly and turning it into work and creating that sense of work around a passion and in no longer having that passion for it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It makes a lot of sense. And it's um, what happens when we listen to low vibration people. <laughs> Sorry. And you're just getting you're getting preemptively cut off at the knees by some people who who you know mean really well, but they're telling you ahead of time that your passion for whatever it may be, I'm dying to find out, but it would it would be uh you would lose your passion when you turn it into a career. So that's um gosh, that's like a a Pharisee or um like a like a rule or um like a it's always that way or you know isn't it funny how life never works or you know it's one of those it's almost like a meme you know it's it's almost like a, a predetermination about the way things go so it's 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 um I've heard it many many times before and for sure sometimes that is so but you haven't even got out of the gates yet yeah absolutely and it's funny because each time I've taken a leap of faith even from uh, leaving the UK uh, and leaving home, traveling and setting up shop in Australia. I've had some of the best experiences and times of my life. And then I get that pressure comes back and the societal pressure and pressure from family and of getting back into the norm, getting into a career. And I seem to jump into old norms and get on this bandwagon. And then a year to two years down the line, that creeping sensation starts coming in again and it's like hey what about this like what about what about this career path and remember when you went and did this and and I, I guess it's also that I feel like I'm at that age now where it's like well if not now like never and yeah yeah I'm se I'm sensing this it's what you're ready for is when your insides and your outsides match so you're, um, Alex, you're a responsible, good person. You will never be living under a bridge and you'll never, you know, you'll never be a renegade crazy person. Like you're not, you're not going to be, you know, completely irresponsible. You'll always be thinking about the right thing to do for your life. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yet there's a part of you that's feeling like uh, my, my sense is it's that your spirit is sort of tugging at you saying, could you let the reins out a little? Can we play? Can we, can we veer off course for a while? Can we go off path and just see what's over there? Does it feel like that? 100%. Yeah, that's spot on. <laughs> so what is the dialogue between, so if we were to name these two, you, you, these two, like this Gemini aspect of you, that where there's one side of you that is this um, adventuresome, passionate, um, I, I sense quite a lot of love and giving and caring. And then there's this pragmatic, responsible, um, intelligent, hardworking, uh, like it's like societal, yes, that, that societal pressure, but there's something about doing right by society, um, and, and the checking of boxes and the norms. So there's, there's sort of two sides of them. If you were to call one, what, what would you call them? What, what would, what would each side of you be called? Um, I would say my adventurous spirit mm -hmm. on one side. 
And my, my other side, I would say the sensible Alex. The sensible Alex. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And sensible Alex has been running the show all the time or most of the time? No, not, I would. Um, so I've been away from the UK for around four and a half years now. Mm-hmm. And I would say a good chunk of that, maybe two to three years, was Adventurous Alex. And there's been glimpses in my life uh, when I left um, home to go to university up north of England. There was definitely Adventurous Alex came out then. Um, but then as I've, I don't know, I've just reached these stages where I'm like, okay, now I need to buckle down, I need to get a job, save some money. And, and then that in that period of two years working back home after university led to me going off traveling and then two years, two to three years and ended up where I am now in, in Whistler. And even though I'd say I'm still very adventurous, I've kind of started to go back onto that sensible path. Mm -hmm. So does it feel like to you that the adventurous Alex is, um, it's a bit more of a holiday. Like it's a, it's a, it's a short period of time, but it's like, okay, that's enough back to work, back to the real world. Does it feel like that to you? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So this, this voice, this, um, sensible Alex, um, he's kind of, he's, he's got like a suit on, he's got a clean cut, like he's pretty tight, right? He's, he's got it dialed. Is that right? (laughs) Yeah. And, um, and then this adventure is Alex is, he's a little bit more, you know, not cleanly shaven, a little bit more rough around the edges, loves to get dirty, get muddy, go for mountain bike rides like that. Is that right? Yeah, you can put it more right. I uh, I grew my hair out when I was traveling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my family took the mick out of me for a little bit. But <laughs> right. So there's um there is part of you that is uh, being pulled by this sensible Alex. And um, it, would you think that in your life is it a bit more eighty twenty, like eighty percent sensible Alex and twenty percent adventurous Alex? Yeah, maybe like seventy thirty. Seventy thirty. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And. Um, okay. So, and when you were growing up, when you were a kid, give me a sense of your, your family scape. Are you, do you have siblings? Yep. I had a older brother and older sister. You have an older brother and you're the baby. Yes. I'm the baby. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Me too. We we're kindred spirits. So <laughs> as babies like to be a little bit wild, we like to, we like to roam free. So, um, grow, growing up in the UK and you you had parents were t- they, were they together throughout your childhood? Yeah. We actually moved to America, California when I was two years old and then lived oh, there yeah. for, um, just over a year. And then my parents split up and we moved back to the UK and my dad stayed in California since. And you were how old when they split? Um, four years old. Four. Yeah. You were little, little. Yeah. You, you barely even remember them. I, I have one memory from um, being in America. <laughs> and was it, um, was it an amicable um, breakup or, or um, was it tough? No, I'd say the first um, growing up till the age of around 16 was, was tough. Um, my stepdad came into our lives pretty, probably around like eight years old. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it was, it was a, a balance of finding time with my dad and then um, family holidays with my mum and stepdad. Um, mm-hmm. But it was tough. There was a lot of arguments between parents and things like that. And um, yeah, growing up and having that 
separation definitely felt it especially being surrounded by other people who had close tight-knit family and uh, didn't have that issue of spending time separately with each yeah uh, yeah I'm sorry that happened that's that's tricky and as a kid it's tough to make sense of it you're you're so young and you're really at the whim of them you know yeah. what what's going on for them mm-hmm. so um tell me just a little bit about your stepdad what was he like great father figure I see everything growing up I I remember so learning how to swim riding a bike um, I really look look up to my stepdad um, just everything he does in a um, even a career uh, he's someone who I've always looked up to and, and aspired to be um, he's got a very he's like a sales director um, very sensible but professional um, career path that he's gone but at the same time he has a wild side and I've seen that and uh, mm. just coming into my mum's life and supporting three kids and then two kids of his own from a previous marriage mm. I super admire what everything that he's done for our family and um, how well we got brought up with everything all the holidays mm. so, yeah I could be more grateful for him coming into into my, my family's life for sure wow what a blessing good good pick mom <laughs> And they stay together? Yep, they're still together. So they got the house to themselves now after I moved out. <laughs> Get out. Well, that's um, that's lovely. So, Alex, what I'm fishing for a little here is that somewhere in your life, being sensible was the only option. Any other option for you was going to cause some trouble, was going to cause some uh, inconveniences, was going to be disruptive in some way. So I'm looking for for that with you. Where where do you have a sense that that may have come up for you? Um, my brother was the problem child, the there mid- middle go. child. Um, <laughs> right. So he took the brunt of everything from our family. Um, I I was bad. I know growing up, looking back, and that when I was young, I used to blame things on him, and I, I've forever since being over the age of twenty, I've apologized to him and looked back and. I do think that's made my brother who he is today, but mm-hmm. he did make some silly decisions and get into trouble and it put a lot of pressure on our family and I wanted to make sure I wasn't doing that. So mm-hmm. didn't make bad decisions and um, try to do the right thing and sometimes came across as the goody two shoes. Absolutely. Put my hand up to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't want to cause any extra strain on my family. Mm-hmm. You're conscious of that, aren't you? Yeah. Do you remember how old you were when you first decided that? Maybe it's like between 10 and 15, around that age, mm-hmm. I would say, yeah. When you were 10, what, what, do, you, what do you think happened? Like, what, Was there a, a situation? How, how much older is your brother than you? Uh, three years. Right, so he was 13. So was he just starting to get into trouble around then? I would say so, just like... Yeah school fights or mm-hmm. um just disruptive um i would yeah. say so i was just seeing that and seeing what the consequences were were happening to him and then trying to make sure that i would do that and just the arguments and the shouting around the house and yeah i just wanted to i i hate arguments and shouting and um loud things like that and it kind of riles me up and i wanted it to stop and i used to like scream down the stairs and be like just stop fighting Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, um, the way that that children um, uh, develop is around the age of nine or 10, as they go through uh, a change in their development in their brain, all of us, me too, where we realize that, uh, that the world is a much bigger place and that the world doesn't revolve around us. And it's, um, it's a really scary time for kids actually, where they suddenly realize that there's a whole big world out there of all kinds of things is when you start to pay attention to, you know, politics and news and, um, bigger issues. And you don't have that same total abandon and total freedom where suddenly that sense of responsibility kicks in. And if, if around that same time, there's also disruption in the home, sometimes, sometimes there can be a moment where this, it, it, it could see seemingly seem small or it could seemingly seem innocuous, but there's something that happened that it had you decide something right then and there. I will never, or I will always uh, like that, where it's a very definitive decision that you make. And it sounds like what a 10-year-old would say. So it, it isn't this, you know, really educated, bright, you know, um, caring Alex that you are today, this, you know, mature man, but it's this 10-year-old boy who realized, oh God, like there's chaos in the house and I will never, or I will always. Do you have a sense of what you said then? Um, most likely uh, I will always, I think. Yeah. Back. Yeah. I'll always try and be good. I will, mm. I'll always try and not upset my mom or, um, yeah, I, as much as I think never, like never was kind of enticing, I'd say like, Oh, like that's like a, a big no, no. And then, Oh, you, could potentially do that once or twice, but I'll always try, I think would be the the thing that I would lean towards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That seems like it, it fits. And, and you love your mom so much, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, and she loves you right back, doesn't she? Yep. Yep. I'm a golden child. Ah, <laughs> right. And so, you know, at a young age, you learn really quickly that your mom's happiness for this very disrupted life that she's living. She's left her husband. She's married a new guy who's got kids of her. You can imagine the complexity and you did not want to contribute to any complex complexity ever. Did you? No, absolutely not. Right. So you said, um, you know, earlier that you, you really hate confrontation and disruption. And so it's, you, you've really crafted your whole life. I mean, Oh my gosh, my my mom would say, oh, if it's not one thing, it's your mother. So your mother, bless her, for, for all the good that she is for you, there is something that was really shaped um, for, for you deep in the recesses of your mind that's, that had you say, I will always try and be good. You may not, and so for you, the idea of failure really relates you right back to that moment that failure means harming your mom, harming the love. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. I suppose. Yeah. I never thought of it that way. It's the only thing that in, if you think about it, that actually makes sense because, you know, if you don't, um, if you fail at something in your work or you fail at something, um, 
you know, all of us have a different relationship to failure. So you and I are, are in an exploration around your relationship to failure. And there is something very, uh, a very strong, deep, rooted thread that that we can trace back to you as a child with your disruptive um, chaotic brother who was um, visibly making your mom upset and you deciding that you will all you're shaking your head saying no 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 I will always try and be good because you're seeing it firsthand that oh that right there that example right there hurts her and I, I don't want that to happen. So I will always try to be good. Did it feel like that when you were a kid? Yeah. Yeah, that definitely does. That is, that is fair to say. Yeah. So it's never a lack of love, right? You loved your brother. You love your mom. Like uh, it, there's such a, you have such a lovely respect and resonance around your family, even though there was a lot of disruption. There's, there seems like there's quite a bit of harmony. You all get along well. You all love each other yeah and even as we've moved apart that's grown even stronger but everything that we went through moving around we didn't stay in one place for a considerable amount of time and having to move change friendship groups and live in new houses it did bring us together even though we bickered and had small petty arguments especially my my siblings my brother and sister we've always been super close even like the plane journey back from america like 14 hours three young kids sat on a plane and my older sister looking after two young brothers, like memories like that, where we came together and really looked out for each other. Wow. Yeah. It's a real bond there. I can feel it. Yeah. Uh, definitely. And that's, that's remained. Yeah. 100%. And like when we do get to spend time together and we're a very emotional family as well. And I, I think mm. we wear our hearts on our sleeves and um, we show that when we say bye, we're always teary because we're not sure when we're going to next see each other. And I know that's similar to a lot of families, but um, yeah, just knowing everything that we kind of had gone through together. um, I feel like we are really close and emotional and that love is Mm. definitely shown. You have such a, your story, I mean, your story is very unique. There, there isn't a single one like it. You know, there's, there's been sure other families that have loving bonds, but I, I picture this golden bubble around your family, you know, the, the kind of like, like a bubble that kind of has um, an iridescent quality to it. Like you can see through it and it sort of, and it moves and morphs and things, but it's, it's really present around your family. It's, it's like a protective shield and you're all inside of it. Has it felt like that for you? Yes. Yeah. There's from, from the outside. Yeah. I would say there's probably a good image of our family mm-hmm. and then inside mm-hmm. is kind of where all the, the chaos and the hustle and bustle happens. But I see. Um, yeah. We're, I feel like since we've grown up and each gone our different ways, we've had our successes and failures, but um, from the outside, I, I, like I just remember my mum's friends would used to come around and comment how well behaved we were and what good manners we had. Um, so yeah, I can, I can relate to that. There's, there's something there though, Alex, there's something there that you've been upholding and you've been upholding it for the whole family. This, I'm going to try and be good. And I have good, good manners and I'm a good boy that, that, that um, praise that you got and the smile across your mother's face that, that was your whole world as a kid. Yeah, definitely. And any um, chance of that, any jeopardy was not okay. 
yeah. for you. Yeah, they would upset me. Yeah. And so um, did you work really hard as a kid, like do really well in school and get good grades and like yep. that? Yep, I'd say so. Like my sister was the um, the brains of us, but I was like the hard working. I would mm. um, empty the dishwasher, like wash up and do the extra chores that my brother wouldn't want to do. Um, and then join the sports teams and excelled in those. And uh, yeah, so definitely. Yeah, it's it's um, it's not that it's not totally natural for you. It's completely natural. Yet there's something that is um, that is driving that behavior and that that desire to to try and be good that's been driving you in the background. So it's a little bit like um, like a computer software where you get to click on things and move things around, but there's a whole other bunch of work happening that you can't see. So for you, this this need for things to be good and for you to be good um, and for failure to not enter into the picture and for you not to like fuck things up, like that's just not okay for you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'd agree. There's something that do you, can you feel that it's a bit in the background for you? Yeah, I, I think it's, I, I do, now you're saying this, I, I do think like, what would my mom I say to myself, what would my mom think if I was doing this? Or um, I feel like I sometimes need to get my mom's approval on things yeah. to see cool. what her view is and her thoughts. And um, even like arguments I've had with relationships or, or friends or whatever, I, for a guy to sometimes confide with their mom on that, I, I, don't, I definitely think, compared myself to other friends that I have, I know they don't have those conversations with their mom. Mm -hmm, around mm -hmm. things like that i think for for girls it's a little different but mm -hmm. yeah well it's great i'm all for it listen i have a 14 year old son i'm like i'm gunning for him to be calling me saying mom i've got this girl i don't know what to do <laughs> like i i'm all for it so uh and um for you, okay. So hang on, I'm 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 going somewhere, Alex. <laughs> We're going. We're going places because I have my eye on your Alex now today, who is feeling a bit of a pull. You have you're at a crossroads in your life. You're looking to uh, to change up. And now uh, now you didn't say this, but I'm assuming that you have a, a like a a career type job, like a paycheck job, like a yeah, like a paycheck job. Yeah. Yep. And is the next thing you want to do more entrepreneurial? Yes. Yes. Or I, I, so definitely I, mm -hmm. I've said from day one, I would like to lead a group of people. Um, I've been in positions similar to that. And that is like the end goal is to either own my own company and have um, a team working for me. But there's also a side of me that is creative and hands-on. And I've had some manual jobs in the past and I'm like, what about if I go and do something very different and take a diversion away from that and use my hands like woodwork or working outside carpentry or something that I've had very little experience in, but have the passion and the love of outdoors, love being hands-on, not sat at a desk staring at a computer screen for nine hours a day. Mm. That's the kind of but the entrepreneurial side is something that I've always been passionate about and I want to start something. I want to, I want to be creative and think of new ideas and 
sometimes I get prohibited that currently. And I don't know. I'm like, is this the right time to be taking that step? Or, but which steps should I go? Should I pursue something on my own or should I go and do something hands on manual? That's, that's the kind of thought process I'm battling each day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So it's, it's super not the right time. It's no. never the right time. <laughs> You know what I mean? Never the right time. So, and it's always the right time. So, um, okay. So what I'm, what I'm looking for is the thing that's running in your background that is like a bit of a, a bit of a snag in your sweater. Like it's just kind of caught you. And, um, it absolutely has something to do with your, your phenomenal, powerful, amazing mother. We love your mom. And there's some, uh, uh, there's a bit, what we would call a soul tie, so it's a, a energetic soul spirit a connection to your mom that is deeply rooted in uh, your desire and your need for her to be happy and for her to be fulfilled and for you not to be the cause of any pain or suffering. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and you've probably talked to her about it and she probably would agree and say yes thank you very much no please don't cause me any pain <laughs> right yes of course so it's it none of this is a bad thing and yet this soul tie can happen um accidentally innocently um out of pure you know pure love and devotion but when it stops you when it prevents you from fully living the fully self-expressed life you're here to live it's time to address it and handle it just with you. Leave her completely out of it. She's fine. But if you were to, if you were to trace into your body, into your physical being, a, an area of your body where you feel a bit of a pang or a bit of a twinge or a bit of a prickle around doing something in your life, like let's say, um, yes, that you shave your head, you move to Mexico and you open a woodworking shop. Yeah. What yeah. Happened, What would your mom say about that? She, she would support it. She's always said she would support any decision that I would make, but okay, she would, where does the pinch show up? Where does it show up where you're like, I wonder what my mom would, would think. And you preemptively answer and you don't do the thing. I, I don't know. Like, I, I think if I'd committed to something so deeply, like when I told her I was going traveling at first, she was like, oh, no. And then since I've gone and done it, she's been so supportive of it. Even on like birthday cards and Christmas cards that she sends me, she, the last three or four Christmas cards she's put on the bottom, so proud of what you're doing. Um, keep on doing it. Life's for living. Life's too short. And every time that's like a reassurance for me to do it. But then I think it goes back to this where it, I stop and I think, I kind of question it. I'm like, is she actually thinking that? Or mm. is, should I be, should, should, is she thinking that I should stop, settle and go back onto my career path? Got it. What's the worst thing your mom could um, think or feel about you? Uh, disappointed. Mm. Yeah. So if she was to say, oh, Alex, I'm so disappointed in you. Yeah. I, something that I think it relates back to is I never want to reach out to my parents and ask for help. Mm. I don't want to ask them for money. Like, for example, my my brother's had his credit card paid off a few times, like when he's going into some debt. Right. And I've mm. never once asked 
for money and I want to have that self of um, that I can just get through things my own no matter how bad the situation is mm-hmm. and things like that kind of I, I would never have hate to get into a situation for example if I started a business and got into some debt I know my family would jump in and help out where needed but I would not want them to I don't want to have to rely on them Okay. So no, you I'm just gonna yell at you for a second. Okay, so here comes Mama Bear. So two things. One is that you I mean your mom has loved you so well and your whole family, and she took care of your brother and your sister's doing great, all these things. So success, it, you know, even though, like you said, there's been some bickering and some disruption and challenges, there's you're still a a successful family. You love each other and care for each other and you're there for each other. Yet here, here you are, you've got a little bit of martyr energy where you'll, you'll just quietly go over here and just do it on your own. Even if you needed help, you would never ask. Yeah. That's like exactly what happens. (laughs) Right. And, um, and there's your mom who's like, but Alex, I love you. I want to help you. So, and so there's that. And then th- this other piece is that your mom is a human being with her own past, her own, uh, you know, wild ride in her own childhood and her own parents and in her own life and experiences and everything that she's gone through. She's made many mistakes. She's had many successes. She's had, she's had this very rich life. So she, she has every right to fail. She has every right to make mistakes. And you know that, don't you? Yep. Yet you don't give her the right to be disappointed in you. <laughs> True. <laughs> and you also don't give her the right to say no to you. Yeah. So, um, if I was to say to you, Alex, she, your mom has the right to be disappointed in you. How do you feel when I say that? It feels good. It definitely feels, yeah, it definitely feels good. Just like I, I, yeah, just from talking through it, I still have that inclination in the, in the back that, oh, like she might be, but. I I like that idea. (laughs) Right. Okay, great. So it is at this point, it's a concept. So it it only really sinks in in practice. So obviously, you're not you're never going to be the guy that's going to go running out and try and disappoint his mom. You're just not that guy. (laughs) You you just don't have it in you. Sorry. But (laughs) go try. But you probably won't. (laughs) But just knowing that she has the right to be disappointed in you and be disappointed in general, be disappointed in the meal she had, be disappointed in the film she saw, just be disappointed. It sets you free. It also sets her free. So there is a bit of a contract that the two of you have created with each other where you're good and she's happy. You're good and she's fulfilled. Something like that. There's there's just like an like a it's like a secret handshake that the two of you have sort of got like an arrangement. You'll you'll be good, right? So yeah. okay, you're good. I'll be happy. Yeah. So it's a little bit. That's the stuff that's been running deep, deep in the back reserves, and we are so formed by our parents. I mean, I, as a parent myself, you know, looking at my kids, I'm just I just keep looking at them, going, "Oh my God, what have I done today?" I hope I just pray to God that I did I did well by them, and there will be things. So. You're, 
you're moving through your life as a young man with all this talent, all this passion, all this drive, and you're slightly held back by this secret handshake with your mom where you're, you just don't want to disappoint her or you, you're spending more time considering her opinion. Now, an opinion is also what the people said, the people that you talked to who said that, oh, when you follow your passion, then it becomes a job. That's an opinion. Yeah. So opinions, um, my teacher would say, describe opinions as open ions. They're kind of rogue. They kind of like, woof, they whip around. And then sometimes they smack you in the face and sometimes they're helpful and sometimes they're really not, but they're unreliable. They're, they're not reliable the way a fact is. Yeah, that's <laughs> very true. And you love your mom so much that her opinions sound like facts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think, and that's, obviously this is the, the basis from stemming from my mom, but even opinions of others, it's funny yes. how you put it like that. And it's like, you don't want someone to have a bad opinion of you or your actions is how I, I see it. Yeah. But I need to like stop giving a crap what they think. And just well, do you can, <laughs> you can give all the craps and you can. And though what happens though with people, not, not just you, Alex, because I mean, you're a, um, you're an earnest guy who wants people to think well of you yet when you're trying. So the key word in the, in your sentence, when you were a kid, you said, I will always try and be good. The key word there is try. So trying shows there's an efforting that's happening that's causing your, I think early on in our conversation just today, we talked about your insides and your outsides matching. So your outsides are handled. They're polished. They look good. You've, you've got it, you've got it dialed, but there's something out of integration from the inside that your, your spirited adventure guy is, is feeling like underwhelmed, like unfulfilled. So there's an integration that that hasn't happened yet of those pieces, whereas the the outside's handled, right? You've got it. Yep. People like you. Yep. Uh huh. They can rely on you. They like you. You're a good guy. Do you ever get feedback that you're hard to know? No. No, I'd say what, definitely not. What's the feedback you get from people? Like that um, you're too nice, or you're too competitive, or what? what like, what do people say? I think nice is definitely one to come across. Like I'm always, I'm always trying to please others. I think that that has yeah. definitely come up. I'm always trying to make sure everyone else is happy. I've, I've tried numerous times and I, I've been successful at it, but to try and put myself first sometimes instead of trying to make everyone happy, like I'll do things to make a group of friends happy. And it'll be like, I don't want to do that. It'll be something that I won't enjoy, but for the happiness of the group and our friends or w- whatever the situation may be, I'll be like, okay, let's just do that. And deep down, like, I really don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So your pleaserness is a is a bit of a saboteur. It's it's the thing that will will actually take you out. You've you've probably been told that you're please you're a pleaser and that's a good thing, but your pleaser is the thing that will actually take you out in the end. It's gonna tank your adventure spirit. Alex from integrating with sensible Alex, your pleaser will take the whole thing out. Yeah. And I've seen that in work as well. Like 
mm. in my in my job, how I will try and please my external stakeholders, and that will come back and bite me in the ass. Well, because you know um, what's not present when the pleaser is at play, what's not there is creativity and innovation. Hmm. Yeah. Can you trace yourself back and sort of see when you're pleasing, are you being wildly creative? No. Not even at all, right? No. I'm just checkboxing. Mm-hmm. Making, make it look good. Make it look good. Exactly. Move, yeah. Mirrors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Turn up that front as though the work is being done and doing what is needed or what they want to see done. Yeah. What they want to see. And which by the way, is another assumption. So you, you're being run by a whole lot of assumptions about what makes your mother happy, about what makes your bosses happy, about what makes society happy. You're making a whole bunch of assumptions. And you might be super wrong about all of them. Have you ever thought of that? Yeah, I have. I've questioned it. And it, I, seeing other people work, for example, or other people do things, I'm like, mm. huh, like how the hell do they yeah. have that <laughs> mindset and mentality? And yeah. Yeah. Well, they don't, I mean, they have other things, but they don't have this pleaser thing running in the background. So your pleasers like, wait, I can't compute. You can't be like, uh, you can't be out there being the good kid, the good guy and banging your fist against the table saying it must be another way, you know, creating some new pathway or some new innovation or some new way of doing something like they just, it doesn't compute, does it? No. Yeah. But what do you want? Well, I feel like I'm a creative person at mm-hmm. heart and I'm always trying to think of solutions or creative ways to do things. But I, I think that people pleaser gets in the way. and It doesn't just get in the way. It ambushes and squashes. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I look back at like all the work that I've done Recently, always like COVID going on, but even before that, it's it's been a struggle to have that creative side come out. And you you mentioned something earlier of like unfulfillment, and that is a word that like mm. hits home at the moment. At that word, it's like I relate to that so heavily that there is this sense of unfulfillment. I live in this incredible place. I get to snowboard. I get to bike in the summer it's so beautiful here i can surf i can do everything yet there's still that unfulfillment at just it's not mm-hmm. quite right mm-hmm. so i'm gonna i'm gonna yes and i'm gonna ask it like i'm gonna ask it again now like after saying that what do you really want i the thing i really want is happiness Mm-hmm. I just want to be happy. I want to be content with where I am, what I'm doing, that I'm doing something good. Mm. And then I can be myself. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you want to be happy, you want to be yourself, and you want to do some good. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to ask the same question. Just I want you to, I want you to hear it in a new way. Given that you want to be happy, you want to be you want to be good, and you want you want to you do good, and you want to um, yeah live this fulfilled life. 
What do you want? Uh, I think I want a, a career-filling job where I can have a strong work-life balance to enjoy the things I love doing. And that's okay, not to say I'm I don't gonna... necessarily have that balance yeah. right now. I'm just going to like, <laughs> no, Alex, what do you okay. really want? Like really, like when you think, okay, so let, let's talk to adventurous <laughs> Alex. Let's talk to the adventure spirit. Adventure spirited Alex doesn't want work-life balance. He's like, really, dude, no, come on. Let's like <laughs> have a really fun life. Let's have a wild life. And you know, listen, you could so easily gratitude shame yourself. I have, I have lived in this wonderful place. I get to snowboard every day. I should be grateful, but that's not, that's not the conversation. The conversation, the question really is not what are you grateful for? Not what is all the things that you have and not all the things that you want to get, but what do you really want? Like your lion spirited, animal spirited instinct person inside of you wants something. What is it? I want to surf. <laughs> yes, you want to surf. I want to surf. I want to go see new places, new cultures. I want to travel. I would like. I miss traveling and living in places where there's like a sense of uncomfortability, where it's not yeah, not not safe, but you know that everything is not just going to get gifted to you. Like you, you have to have yes. your wits about you and. That lights you up, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> mm. See, that's the that's the light side versus the shadow side to that aspect of you not wanting to get help from your family. There's another side of you that is wildly resilient and very capable. So that's the light side. The shadow side of that says, I never want help. I'll never ask anyone to bail me out, even if I'm, you know been kidnapped and I have nothing left. like you, that side is the shadow side of you that's running you. But this other resilient Alex, the one that wants to be set free, it, when you tap into him, that spirit and unconditionally, unconditionally. So in other words, what if you could never travel again? Could you, would you be able to live a fulfilled life? No. If you could never travel again, you couldn't live a fulfilled life? Uh, not. I, I call Sorry. sorry. I call bullshit. Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, I guess I would seek that enjoyment in other ways. Yes. Okay. So here, here's my hunch. My hunch about you is that you've got a bit of a pendulum that swings. It goes from way over to the clean cut Alex who goes to work and does a bang up job and just like checks all the boxes. Everything looks good. Total pleaser. Everyone loves having Alex on their team because he doesn't, you know, disrupt anything and he gets everything done. Oh my God. On time. Like amazing guy. So there's that guy. And then the pendulum swings way over to the other side, which is the long haired kind of hippie surfer guy that just wants to live fulfilled and free and travel all over the world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and my sense about you is that you have those two sides of the, the pendulum at war with each other. You and your mind is thinking I can only have one or the other. Absolutely. Yeah. And so then someone has told you, 
you you can't you got to compromise you can't compromise you can only compromise so you only hear that there's o- there's only one or the other or a compromise or what's the third option there's got to be a middle path is there a blend like you know what i mean so your brain's trying to figure all this out while also it's like you're juggling while also trying to be good yeah it's a lot to hold up you've got your mother's happiness and fulfillment ha- hanging in the balance like oh god what's gonna happen don't drop the ball Alex. <laughs> right does it feel a bit like that like yeah yeah i would say so so you you're not in your own sense of flow right now are you your your effort you're working hard aren't you yeah yeah Definitely okay so listen what if i told you a couple things what if i told you there is no wrong path there's no, if there's a fork in the road, there's left or right. Doesn't matter. Both are good. I, okay, I, just, I agree. Stupid. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, Yet you're standing <laughs> at the crossroad and you haven't moved. I, 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 this, I, it stems to the societal pressures and I, I'm so aware of it. No, and you're I, not. It's your mother. <laughs> it's only her. It's only her. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, no, no. It's Societal like- pressures. You've also seen yourself be successful as a traveling guy who's experiencing the world. Yeah. Yeah. And then what, what happens? Societal pressure sounds like it's the real world. It's time to get a job. Yeah. There's like retirement. You got to think of like always looking ahead. Like you need enough mm. money. You need to get a house. You need to, yeah, like savings for later on, like you need to get a car or like all those things. And I, I, I remind myself, like, you don't need all those things. You don't need to get a house. But then it's like, what happens when you get to that age when you can't walk into a job like I have been able to because I'm young, able, I've got all the skills. Yet when I walk into a job down at like 45, 50 years old, and then someone who's mid 20s early 30s who's got the same amount of experience i get that sense of like that's when you you start getting set back and i'm like i feel like i need to get that experience get everything now before it gets too late and I'm like oh well, then i'll just go and travel and do that stuff later on in life but i know i know deep inside that that won't happen so i'm like well do you know why do you know why you would not be hireable at 45 why is that because you'd be an unfulfilled, boring person. <laughs> yeah, I That's would be. unhirable. Un- I don't want to hire that guy. No. But the guy, the guy that was so true to his purpose and so true to what he's, what he's here for on this earth, who's lived a very big life, a diverse and wild life of his own choosing, that's a guy who values himself. That's a guy I would want to hire. Yeah. And you're also, you've already preemptively devalued yourself on, in terms of what you're capable of. And I promise you, if you stay as this pleaser, you will not innovate. You will not create something. I like, I, you got, you, listen, you've got something within you for sure. An artist, you've got, you've got a leader within you. You you want to create a business within you? How do you know that that's not the next Amazon? How do you know? Yeah, you're just sort of thinking about buying a car. 
<laughs> you're thinking small, yes, and safe, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you've put safety ahead of fulfillment. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> You are, you are such a responsible dude. You're not going to be the guy that's going to like end up in jail. Like, I, do you know what I mean? Like you're, you're going to be just great. The question is, will you allow your greatness to completely unfurl or will you hold it back for fear of disappointing your mom or society? Yeah. There's something at stake for you around letting the reins out. And like, for instance, you're, you're, uh, are you sub 30? Yes, just. <laughs> yeah, you're young. And how many jobs have you had? Like how many career type jobs have you had? Like long-term jobs? Like four. Have you had? Four. four. Yeah, it's time to get 40 more. Like, why wouldn't you try carving? Why wouldn't you try... Um, creating a wood shot. Like there, there's some part of you that I think ha that you feel like you have to go all in It's all in or nothing. Yeah. Why not dabble? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you need to uh, get expertise in one area, but I, I suppose you don't, but it's the fear of like stepping away from something and then having yeah. a struggle to get back into that. I understand. I, yeah. I listen. I I really appreciate your the you know the 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 thoughtfulness. Yet it doesn't do you any good if you're unfulfilled. Yeah. Get all the expertise in the world and be half dead inside. <laughs> so I'm pushing you and asking you for what you want. And I I I I love that you know that you love to travel and you love to surf. Yet I think there's something even more simple and small that you want. Like, do you, do you want to start a business? Do you want to, I like, I don't know. I feel like there's, there's something, I feel like there's something. Uh, like a sense of adventure. Mm-hmm. Is, is Nothing like something. starting a business to have adventure. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I love that like adrenaline rush of of doing something where you're like out of your comfort zone. Not too far that it's like, like life threatening or anything like that. I'll, like, I'd yeah. mountain bike, so which is crazy stupid. I hurl, hurl myself down the mountain. But mm -hmm. when it's like doing something new where it's not like just camping at a designated camp spot where there's washrooms and stuff like camping at the top of a mountain where there could be bears yeah. or cougars around and yeah. uh, you have to do everything yourself. And I, I like pushing the limits of knowing what my limit is, if that makes sense. Yeah, of course. That aspect of you is time to bring that into your vocation, into your work. Yeah. So you, you could, listen, I believe with all my heart and soul that whatever job you're in right now, you can transform it. You don't need to quit your job to have a fulfilling life. You could transform the work you're in right now by appreciating that you can be both buttoned down, organized, diligent Alex and long haired, hippie, wild man, 
cougar hunting Alex. <laughs> it can be both and, both and, not either or. It's your either or fight in your mind that is paralyzing you from making decisions. Yeah, I agree with that. Because in in your history of developing this pleaser aspect of you because of your mom, you've got it that if you make the wrong choice, it's going to upset someone. Absolutely. And that's the, like, that's the worst thing. <laughs> for you. And what would it, what would it be like if, if I just like, I don't know, anointed you or like gave you total permission to go and piss people off? Have fun, uncomfortable. <laughs> I know, I know, and and you know, there's probably a much better way for me to say it, but it's there's something that, you, okay, I I I I just feel called to tell you this story that I heard once from a guy named Kyle Cease. He told this very funny analogy about um, this societal pressure and this real world pressure. So, and I've told I've retold his story a few times with with much joy. So, um, imagine. Michael Jackson goes to, and I think I've even told this on to someone else on one of those podcasts, but it's so good. Yeah. And it reminds me of what's going on with you. But so imagine Michael Jackson and like, you know, the king of pop think love him or hate him. The guy is brilliant made millions of dollars and, you know, changed millions of lives and just incredible, incredible talent. And he wakes up one morning with amnesia and he thinks, Oh God, I got to I got to go get a job. I I've got it's like the real world. I've got you know bills to pay and I got to buy a car and you know I've got to save for my my retirement fund. So I better go get a job. And so he you know heads out and looking for a job and he goes to the you know the the local Tim Hortons and says, "Hey, are you do you know have any jobs? I I need a job and I'll wash dishes or pour coffee or whatever." And they're looking at him going, "Um, but you're my Michael Jackson." And he's like, "Uh-huh." but it's the real world out there and I need a job. And they're like, yeah, but you're Michael Jackson. What are you doing? And of course my Tim Hortons analogy doesn't work because it's Canadian, but anyhow, you get what I'm saying. So he's this incredibly talented human being who has forgotten that he is brilliant and talented and wild and uh, creative, right? He's forgotten. That's it. And so, you know, he's out there doing dishes and he's, you know, hee-heeing and, 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 you know, moonwalking in the kitchen and stuff. And people are just blown away. And they're like, okay, well, here's some more dishes, Michael, because, you know, I guess you want to be a, a good boy and, you know, be in, in a good society member. So it's a little, it's got a little resonance of that. Does, does that land for you, that analogy? Yeah, that hits home. <laughs> And you, you will take these big risks, mountain biking and huck yourself off big cliffs and do these crazy run. Like I, I know the stuff you ride. I've, I've been out there. I don't, I won't, but you are. <laughs> so you're the guy that is willing to take all, all these risks. You've got it within you yet. You're playing so safe and so small for fear of failing that in your own life and in your own career, that you're stifling your own career opportunities preemptively by making a lot of assumptions too many assumptions <laughs> do you feel that do you yeah. feel the assumptions yeah i do i i overthink everything i overanalyze everything and i assume a situation is going to happen before it has even happened my girlfriend's told me that yeah oh 
You, you drive her crazy. All the time. And I'm like, how do you not even think about that? And she's like, why did that come into your right. head? <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to give you a, a hot tip. So instead of, uh, instead of uh, analyzing in that way, ask yourself this question. What's the most generous thing I can assume right now? What's just the most generous thing I can assume right now? So ask yourself that question instead. Or what's the most exciting thing I can assume right now? Or what's the most, yeah, adventurous thing I can assume right now? Okay. Add that. Yeah. Because your fight, this Gemini-ish type fight that you've got within you, where there's a there's sensible guy and the adventurous guy are are at war with each other so much so that you're you're paralyzed yet there's something that's coming up in between that in sort of envelops all of it and do you have a sense of what that might be it's it's like um goodness alex it's like a superpower <laughs> what would you like your superpower to be um, I don't know. Hmm. The power of what? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Like physical superpower or like, Oh, well, what I saw <laughs> or what I sensed was that the, you have the power of foresight. Yeah. Would you like that? Yes, I, I would. But also I like the unknown. Like I, uh-huh. I want, okay. I want to know, I want to know what is going to happen. And even like birthday presents or Christmas presents, I'm always, like I, I love surprises, but I'm always like, "Oh, to my girlfriend, what did you get me?" Or like, "I bet you got me this." And she's like, "Do you want me to just tell you?" I'm like, "No, no, no, it can be a surprise." Oh my god, you're <laughs> such a pain. <laughs> oh yeah, she hates me. <laughs> so what? What would you? What What would serve you, Alex? So listen, we've we've talked about quite a few really yeah. rich things. So you you've had this beautiful family unit that has stood by each other through a lot of disruption, even though there was bickering and there was chaos and there was fighting and there was yelling and all the things. You had this really solid unit of people that you that stand for each other. And you've upheld a very strong role of being good and not being the disruptor in the family. I want to tell you, good job. You can stop now. You can put that role down now. They're good. Everyone is good and whole and complete, including your mom. You do not have the power to derail them even if you fail. Yeah. And I know that might take a bit to kind of believe, but what would it be like for you to set that down and say, I did a good job. I upheld my role of being good in my family. I am complete. 
Yeah, I can. I can do that. <laughs> like, give yourself major props. You did good in your family, didn't you? Yeah, I, I feel. I feel. Yeah, definitely. Proud, right? Proud. You should be so proud. I'm proud of you. Like <laughs> you did. Like you made this beautiful relationship with your stepfather. You you traveled across continents. Like you you created this this um, reliability for your mom and your family to rely on you to always you know be be there and be good and be loving and vulnerable and open and you know all those things and reach out and communicate. God, dreamy. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna introduce my son to you. Say, hey, go ahead, <laughs> figure out how to do that. But yeah, like you did a really good job, and you're launched into the world. Your mom is an empty nester. She's enjoying kicking her feet up with her husband. All is well. Yeah. Yeah. So imagine that you. If what if I was to tell you you do not have the power to derail her, you don't. She has every right to be happy, fulfilled, unhappy, unfulfilled, disappointed, proud, satisfied, grad, like all the things. She has the right to be all of those things. She's good. Now you, my friend, it's time for you to take both reins in your hands and then reach forward up the horse's neck and say, go and gallop and make a bit of a mess. And, you know, like let the, let your hair grow long a little bit. Now, if you were, just from a metaphor perspective, if you were to let the the reins out and allow your creativity to bubble up and allow your voice to to rise up and say to those people who say, oh, when you, you know, people who sound like that, they sound like, oh, when you have a passion and you make it your job, it's kind of a bummer. Like the people who say, when you have a passion, you make it your job, you it turns into a job and you lose your passion. It's kind of like a wet blanket. You can say, actually... I disagree. I'm going to like, this is going to be the most passionate career ever, you know, or whatever you choose. You, you decide though, Alex, you decide. Okay. Oh my gosh. I just, yeah. I just yelled at you and told you to do things. No, but no. <laughs> what, do you, what do you hear in all of that? I hear a lot of truths. And, mm. and I, I like what you said about, it doesn't have to be something different. Like I, I do love my job. I, I have an awesome job. I know a lot of people would love to do the job I do. I just need to find that creative way to make it not tedious and, and boring and checkboxing. I need to get this fun side out that there is a fun side to the job. I, I yeah. do have the opportunity to travel. I, I organize some of the coolest events that happen in town and I, I have that sense to be able to do something different so and that's not to say like i wouldn't go and do something different than uh, go woodworking or um make my own surfboards or whatever it may be but yes do it all do do it all there's do do not edit yourself do not limit yourself it's yeah. it's really it, this this feeling that i have is like it's time for you to speak up it's time for you to get your voice out there there is a contribution that you're ready to make in your life right now at work, maybe in your relationship. It's, it's kind of, yeah. What, what do you think that contribution is that you're ready to make the contribution of what? Letting go a bit. 
Yeah. Right. So what, yeah. What would that, how would that contribute to other people when you let go a little bit? More freedom, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. More freedom for both, like all sides. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. (laughs) You feel that? Yeah. You, when you let go, when you let go a little, you create freedom for both of you. Yeah. That's what's on the other side of your fear of failure. Actually, what's on the other side of that is freedom. Yeah. Have, listen, Alex, have the freedom to fail. If I gave that to you as a gift, would you take it? Absolutely. Oh. You you have the power to be free. How does that feel to you? Amazing. I like, want that. I, that's nothing more. <laughs> well, take it. Yeah. Claim it. Claim it, claim it, claim it. And you'll, you will continue to do diligent, hard work, and you will continue to be a wonderful family member and, you know, community member. You will continue to do all those things. Yet you won't edit and um, limit yourself anymore. You're, you're going to let the reins out a little bit more and see what comes out of you. That's where the unknown will come. That's where you'll be like, whoa, I'm being called to do this. Well, okay. You know, yeah. or I'm being, I'm being called to speak up in this meeting. Well, okay. Be guided more from inside versus outside. Okay. Need to put a, not a block, but yeah, listen to myself rather than all those other First. voices. And That's right. Yeah. It's, it's time for you to tune into your own inner, inner language, inner voice. In, inside of you and in within you, by the way, is both this spirit spirited, adventuresome Alex and the sensible Alex. They both dwell within you, not outside of you. So go, that is an amazing advisory board. I, like that's <laughs> awesome. You have, you have a good, good, diverse amount of perspectives. So go ask in first before you ask out. Okay. Ask in before out. <laughs> yeah. How does uh, how does you have the power to be free? Uh, what what does that give you access to? What what are you ready to do now with that? I think, like first off, I want to for my relationship with my girlfriend, and then yeah. with work as well. Just not like having the sense of like still caring, but not thinking ahead so far and just like live, live in the moment, obviously, but yeah, and that's very cliche, but no, it's not good. having to think about six months down the line or like a year, like let's just see this summer through, like enjoy the summer for what it is and then see what happens and see what opportunities and adventures come through this summer. And, and then same with my, like my, my relationship, I suppose with, like that sense of letting go and not having to control everything with planning trips all the time and just seeing where, what happens and yeah. Yeah. The power to be free gives you access to being present. 
And that's definitely an issue that people have said to me before. Not- well, there, you just took your own upgrade. <laughs> that, that's it. That, that it now, but, but, but now you see how it all fits. Yeah. It's really great, Alex. I really, I really look forward to hearing how this lands for you through the summer where, I, I mean, actually, I would just want to ask your girlfriend. I'm just going to call her and say, oh, how did it go? I'm like, oh my God, it's so much more fun. <laughs> well, listen, it was amazing talking to you, Alex. And I hope that you found this valuable. I did. It's been awesome. Thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. Because, I, you know, listen, I, I just know that by you digging in so deeply like this, you'll be serving lots of people who are on their own journey around, you know, making their, their, their inner voice shine more. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Aaron. We'll be in touch. Yeah, okay, absolutely. Alex? Please do. Okay. We'll talk soon. All right. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week on the power to be podcast to my guests. You need to know, wow, it takes something to dig deep and push past resistance and let what's in the way drop. And you did this publicly you're my hero. And to my listeners, thank you for holding big space for them and for yourself. I sincerely hope an insight was available to you. I'm committed to delivering real deal, fearless coaching to bring you a fresh perspective and to tear down barriers and limiting beliefs and provide the support, energy, and love that will make all the difference in your life. I'm here for you. Let's connect. Visit livebigco.com to learn more. I can't wait to find out what you have the power to be.